The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Nebraska Preps post game. I didn't get to hear the big voice guy, but that's okay. I guess I could just pretend and do it myself. I don't know. <laughs> Nebraska Preps post game with Jacob Padilla and David Benning. It's pretty close. When I say my own name. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's I don't true. Even, I don't even like my voice like that. But hey, uh, we welcome you into another week. And I, I, I guess I was just thinking about this over the weekend. We, I don't know how much we actually learned. Last week, except for don't bury Aurora. Beatrice still has some work to do. Welcome back, Cole Murray. <laughs> and, yeah, well, welcome. Now, he changes them maybe dramatically. Oh, I, yeah. guess, I guess we'll see coming up here, right? We'll see how much the Cole Murray factor is a real thing. If nothing else, it changed their uh, style dramatically. Completely right? different team with and without him. So... Best wishes. You've got you've got huddle now, game tape with and without. But so do you do you now are you confident that you can play a couple of different ways or is it still just about Cole Murray? Because they have shown that they could they could play a multitude of ways. Well, I, I think it's back to the the ground and pound game for them. Um, they they did manage to get some other guys going outside of him, but he's obviously kind of the, the main guy there and. Um, open up with what we thought was one of the biggest games in class B and uh, Waverly took care of business 56 to seven. We talked about Cole Murray had been out a few weeks had Trey Jackson back up in there and he was more of a pocket passer type. Um, They're getting a lot of their athletes involved out in space. Um, Murray's back and all all he does is a rack up over hundred yards rushing and five total touchdowns. Yeah. So that, that makes this week's matchup and we'll get to the, to the forecasts or the previews uh, shortly after we do recaps, but you got this one team by the name of Plattsmith uh, coming to town, which will be very, very interesting because their critics, whatever are left out there, will point to the schedule and say that Plattsmith hasn't really been tested, uh, but they'll get that figured out this week. Yeah, and they... Uh, it wasn't quite the the same margin of victory that we've seen previously. Yeah, just but a twenty eight twenty one final. But still, um, Nor- Norris uh, it's struggling record wise this year. But a lot of that is uh, the schedule they play. Yeah, look at those losses. Uh, been yeah, too. two and four um, with losses to basically the best teams in Class B. Um, so they, they they didn't do quite what we've seen, but they still uh, Christian Manessis. 40 carries for 205 yards and three scores. Just insert the stat line, 30-plus carries usually in a, in a good day's work against a quality opponent for no Kramer. Yeah, no. right, which means that that's how I think that number gets to 40. They were kind of back to the Platt Smith of old where it is almost all ground and pound. Kramer has at least given them the ability to get some chunks, some cheapy plays via the passing game as well that they just did not have this, this past week. Yep. 
And so now we get the uh, the, the matchup between Waverly and Plattsmith on Friday. So like you said, the Plattsmith schedule is really starting to pick up now, and they're getting a chance to, all right, prove that, yes, we belong at the top of the class. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because Waverly's pretty battle-tested. Yeah, um, they they've played a they played a really good schedule and and I know listen uh, the 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 Plattsmith fans will say hey listen you you recall what we did last year in the playoffs we're we're pretty good and may be better a year later we don't we can only play who is on yep. our schedule we're not going to worry about that but like you said another litmus test coming this Friday at Waverly ran the ball. Thirty-three times for three hundred and eighty-five yards and seven touchdowns against a Beatrice team that came in undefeated. Yeah, and did we have a ton? Like you know, I meant I referenced Beatrice early. I mean, every maybe you look at it as laying an egg, or was this kind of the team that was playing above their skis a little bit and maybe wasn't quite what their record said they were? I I'm still a little leery on that. The yeah. ball couldn't didn't bounce their way early, and it's and it pretty much snowballed yeah and they went out and earned that 5-0 record um so I I don't think it uh any of those wins were just handed to them but at the same time Waverly came out and you wonder what their preparation was like in terms of did they know Murray would be back how did they prepare for the pass versus the run um I know I'm sure that kind of like when Elkhorn played Waverly coming out uh in the first game that Murray missed I'm not sure that they were uh, prepared for the, the the game plan that Waverly completely, rolled out there. Completely so. different style of play via the, via the air. Yeah, so I don't know how much they were ready for what Waverly was going to throw at them. Hard to say. Um, but, yeah, like you said, kind of snowballed. They got a couple touchdowns early, and then it, it got away from them from there. So w- when you're looking at kind of the, the f- I guess, the top four, you'd probably have Waverly at four. Elkhorn or Plattsmith at three, Elkhorn or Plattsmith at two, and then Bennington at one. That's going to get figured out in a in a hurry this week. As one plays man. two and three plays four. Yeah, Friday night's a big night in Class B, and it seems like this, that was the case all last year where you had the top it was seven or eight teams. Six weeks in a row yeah. we were previewing top <laughs> ten matchups. Yeah. Of, okay, this week will be the week it sorts itself out and – and now we get to the wire, <laughs> and now we get the top four playing each other. So um, that'll be fun. Yeah, Bennington last week six and zero. Now took care uh, of business against Sasu City. Um, although I believe that was fifty six seven at halftime, and ended up uh, Sasu got a couple of touchdowns in the second half to make it a little bit more respectable. But uh, Dylan Mostek seventeen two seventy six and five. Um, again, the starters didn't have to necessarily play four quarters in that game. So which is good heading into a, a big matchup this week where you're going to need um, every bit um, that you can get from those guys. What do we think we know about Grand Island Northwest? Is, I think they had the 33-14 win last week. They kind of well, just hung around the back of the pack of the top 10 last year but had some good wins. What do we think we know about GI Northwest? Well, we, we mentioned no Kramer for um, Plattsmith. Uh, no Sam Hartman for GI Northwest this week. Um Gibson Kennedy uh, carried the low, 26 carries for 240 yards and two, two touchdowns. But Hartman basically was their offense. He was over 100 yards passing, 100 yards rushing seemingly every game. Um, so I don't know what we know about them now. That's a good win. Again, Seward was kind of the same thing uh, with Beatrice coming in 5-0, and and they hadn't necessarily played any of the top teams, but they took care of business, and we weren't quite sure what to expect from them. And 
like you said, GI Northwest down there starting a quarterback. And, uh, I believe Aiden Davies, one of uh, their best defensive best players, is hurt as well. Yeah. Um, so the, the things are not heading in the right direction for GI Northwest, but despite um, missing some of their best players, they still went out and got uh, a really nice victory last week. Yeah, they've got Bennington in the opener. They lost 45-20. Then they go back-to-back wins with Gehring and Alliance. A very, so this is the one that kind of gets my attention. They had the close game against Waverly in a loss, yeah. 41-34. And we talked about it. That was that was pretty back and forth. And I felt like, okay, that that's kind of the GI Northwest we thought we may be getting at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and again, we... I think Hartman had a huge game in that one, I believe. Um, so that we'll see kind of what the story is there and how, how they look moving forward. But yeah, three and three um, with uh, some tough losses in there, but they, they've hung around. Um, they're going to be, I mean, they're, I think they're, they're eight in uh, Mike Sauter's uh, coaches poll this week. So they're kind of hanging around the back end of that top 10 there. Um, and coaches clearly still have respect for them. Yeah. So, and, let me jump over to Elkhorn and Elkhorn Mount Michael because we mentioned Elkhorn as, as having a big one uh, this Friday against Bennington. A, a pretty workmanlike 49-14 win over uh, crosstown rival Mount Michael. Not a ton of takeaways from that one except for Elkhorn defensively starting to show some prowess in terms of total points scored, points allowed, but offensively, Maybe finding a little rhythm. Maybe. Yeah, that that was the, the kind of big one there is the fact that they were able to kind of sustain some success on offense. Um, I, I've only seen them once so far, and that was against Waverly in that game. And, uh, man, outside of one, it seemed like half their yardage came on one play, and it was a very important play. Yeah, 90-yard uh, yeah, uh, touchdown run. But outside of that, they had a tough time moving the ball. Um, and, again, they – They've lost. They lost so many of their playmakers from a year ago. It's basically almost an entirely new offense. They've had some guys in and out of the lineup. Um, so they they've still, I think, been trying to find themselves um, so far this season. Figure out all right, what do we do best? What can we rely on? Who are our best playmakers on offense? And now uh, sitting at six and zero, that's a good place to be in when you you feel like maybe you don't know exactly who you are just yet. And now they get a chance to go out and prove who they are. How careful do you think we should be with labeling Aurora at this particular juncture? We've been we talked top four. Aurora's sitting right there, probably five ish. They played a tough schedule early on. They seem to have figured it out, and we've seen this act from them before with a little bit of a slow start. Then they yeah. kind of ramp it up as the season gets going. Yeah, and that's kind of the tough part about them opening the the season against. Um, some some higher class opponents, some really tough opponents because you you don't necessarily know what to make of that. You start zero and two or whatever it was, and um, you kind of kind of bury them early on. You, you're looking at other teams, uh, and now here they are, four and two, um, fifth in the poll, um, coming off a 32 win against McCook, and they just uh, like you said, they they find a way to keep getting better. Um, they're definitely going to be in the mix down the stretch here. Let's jump over to to, to class A because they're what. It wasn't a great slate, you know, I didn't think. We'll start with number one, Rank Millard South. Boy, <laughs> going to be a while before they're tested, probably against Burke in a couple of weeks is the, is the next biggie they have. They they handled uh, Pius 36 nothing, pretty workmanlike. I, pretty short sure. day for some of the starters. Uh, Gage Sanger didn't have to do a whole lot. 
Number two, Bell West. 72 nothing over Northwest. <laughs> Although I, I am paying attention to them, especially on Huddle, where you have some good defensive players that had predominantly been offensive players starting to change the look between Helms and T.K. Parnett and, and Mike Riley Ducker playing defense now changes their athleticism quite a bit. Yeah, and I know that's something that Huffman has been hesitant to do, wants to kind of keep guys fresh and uh, allow them to kind of focus on doing what they do best and really help it uh, find where they can uh, really help most. But halfway through the season, um, you, you, you you're look you're eyeing a potential rematch down the road with uh, Millard South uh, in the postseason. you got to find a way to get better. And now uh, I feel like at this point in the season, especially if you're not necessarily having guys start both ways the entire game, playing every snap, this is a, a team that's blowing, that's getting some blowouts and getting a chance to get backups in there. So I feel like this is a really good time for them to start trying to experiment with some of that. You're easing guys in, you give them a chance to get comfortable. Um, and then once you get hit in the final stretch here, you, you really know what you'll have overall on both sides of the ball. You're one of the few that has seen both these next two teams up close. What's the difference, if any, outside of probably strength of schedule between Omaha West Side and Elkhorn South? Yeah, that's that's probably a little bit of what it is. Um, although, I, man, the what Anthony Rezac has done uh, at quarterback there that that does I think change things a little bit. It gives you a little bit more intrigue. Um, that off the offense has changed dramatically with the infusion of a, a couple of young guys. It kind of changed the way that they can play. Speaking of uh, one young Mister Benning, I, I, I see you uh, on that <laughs> sideline there trying to keep up with him on that that long touchdown run. Yeah, he gives them a different dimension. Um, on offense, uh, he can really go get it uh, as a receiver, and he's good after the catch too as a runner. So, I, you know, opposite of a Grant guy yet, yeah. um, he he gives them a different offensive dimension when you add it to Rezac times two, yeah. right? With Dom at the running back spot and Anthony at the quarterback spot. So I think Westside is probably a little bit more dynamic offensively uh, at the skill positions uh, than what I saw of. Elkhorn South, and I'm planning to see them again this week against Gretna. So, Boy, is that going to be um, a doozy? Uh, it, it, I mean, the last time I saw Elkhorn South early in the season, week two, against I think, Miller against South. Miller South. Yeah. So that's that's my only image of them, so that's kind of hard uh, uh, to kind of hold them up to, to that. So I'm looking forward to seeing kind of how they've developed. Obviously, they've got a really good back, and uh, uh, Cole Ballard, um, and defensively, they, they, got a, they got a game changer there uh, on the in defensive Maverick line Noonan, in Maverick yeah. Noonan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you get a Chase Simsick. They they have some – that front four, five-ish, Coy Wilkie playing uh, defense, uh, They that's a pretty good front seven, I guess we should say, for Elkhorn South. And, and Millard South couldn't uh, couldn't run on them yeah, outside of all. Gage Stanger breaking off uh, scrambles. Uh, and that was really the only success they had on the ground. Christian Nash, I think, at 20 yards on six carries, something like that. Um, so, like you said, that that front is mean, and uh, Noonan was in the backfield the entire time, it's, which made what uh, Stenger did even more impressive in that game. Uh, but so, yeah, I, defensively they're going to be tough. It's just can they establish? Can they hold uh, their own in the trenches on the offensive end against other elite competition and allow Bauer to kind of carry the offense? Because if you get behind and you need to start passing a little bit, then that's, I think, where they could get into some trouble. Yeah, trying to separate those two. Uh, you know, Elkhorn South loses a dynamic playmaker the last couple of weeks in Ben Warren, who announced last week that he'll be out for 
uh, the remainder of the season. And Westside, on the other hand, they're, they, they've got – we'll get everybody back, right? Spady comes back this week. John Mez Ross comes back this week. Jackson McIntyre comes back this week. That's three starters coming back on that defensive unit that has been pretty good. Anthony Rezac probably only going to get better. You, you, you figure the escalator is a little higher for Westside, but we'll, I'm still not sure it's good enough for the top floors. And coming off um, – 36-25 against Miller North, so um, probably yeah. a little bit more uh, more points than you wanted to give up. But. Yeah, could, two 50-50 balls uh, didn't win early. One was a fantastic pass from Quaintance in the corner of the end zone. Didn't really give us much of a chance at it. It was a back pylon throw. Uh, sometimes you just tip your cap. Uh, great throw, great catch. And uh, Isaac McMorris, no slouch. Yeah. Right? He, he can go get it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he went and got it. I sometimes you just tip your cap. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Westside once they kind of get in the playoffs and start ramping up because you, you did your schedule was kind of front very, loaded, very conducive so, to yeah. to getting guys back. Right, we'll go Norfolk, Benson, and and Brian to close it out. So it, it lends itself to being able to get guys back yeah. up to full speed and kind of experiment a little bit, which. Coach Freund has been known to do. <laughs> uh, but here, So this is where it kind of gets interesting, right? Very impressive win from Omaha Creighton Prep. Yeah. Workmanlike, really ground down Millard West and Lincoln East, who you can't throw total dirt on Lincoln Southeast, but that annihilation of what they did, they come back and play well. So there's Prep. East and Southeast. You, are you comfortable with any sort of order there? Uh, well, you, got, you obviously have to have East say, ahead of Southeast. And you got Burke in the mix there as well. They're um, coming. Yeah. I'm going to get to them. Um, so I think that they kind of belong in that same discussion. But, um, yeah, I, I was at uh, the Lincoln East game, uh, 41-10 against Millard West. And Did you man. see that coming? Uh, no. Millard West had been a little porous on the back end, but. I mean, what would he go, 15 of his first 16? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he, I think he completed his first uh, 13 or so passes. Um, I mean, there, there was one that uh, uh, Sauter and I were debating. He, he thought it was a, a forward pitch on a jet sweep that they counted as a run. Uh, so he thought it was uh, first 14, but uh, didn't Weird, end up going you two in the debating official. the details. That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he had 300 yards in the first half, uh, five touchdowns, got another one in the second half, and – um, man, Cooper Erickson, jeez, six for two thirty and three scores. Where he, picking up and, where he left off. Uh, East was without Billy Stevenson, so that's one of their big weapons. And uh, Erickson just stepped up and shouldered even more of the load with a career high there. Coming off almost, I think about thirty yards per catch was Billy Stevenson the last two weeks yeah. out. So he had been pretty dynamic. And I reference prep, just kind of grounding out North Platte. I mean, Genitone is. Gonna be Vince Genitone for North Platte, but prep just too much. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth mentioning. Genitone, 17 carries for 123 yards and a score, plus two catches for 40 yards, plus 15 tackles, including two for loss. That's pretty good. And then they had Colton Tilford, seven carries for 139 yards and two scores, five catches for 69 yards, and 21 tackles. It was a two man show for yeah. North Platte on And they Friday. were gonna get every opportunity, yeah. right, with prep who is content to hand the ball off and really just grind you down. They have 
they have evolved. I, they know exactly who they are as an and, offense. And Charmar Browns really settled in as kind of the workhorse in the back. Kind of early in the season. Yeah, um, between Stessman and – yeah. um, Now he, they, they are just letting him carry the load. He had another 25 carries for 155 yards and a couple of scores, a couple of catches. Uh, Stessman still got in the mix there, almost 100 yards, three, three touchdowns himself. Um, so they, they, I think they've uh, settled into a nice little balance there where you've got – uh, Marty Brown kind of handling the load. You've got Stessman coming in uh, as that change of pace, and then you mix in the George Egan fullback traps and uh, carries here and there. So um, that, that's a tough uh, running game to deal with right now. That I think they've like talked about earlier. They've really found who they are and established kind of their identity. And North Platte try, um, was kind of in it early on, but Pratt just eventually warmed down and ran away from them. Yeah, it, you're kind of watching this unfold, and uh, Burke and Southeast up next in the discussion kind of in that back end. I think the top nine is is pretty solidified. Some people like Millard West at 10. Uh, I'm not sure what happens after that. But that top nine, probably three through nine or two through nine, you feel like there's there's good balance. How, how do you kind of parse through the back end with a very dangerous southeast bunch who had a good win over Papio? Kind of real systemic, right? They just... Stayed with it, stayed with it, found the ground game uh, late against Papillion in the rain, and then Burke just continuing to win. Yeah, and we talked about Max Bienbeck not necessarily looking like himself for Southeast. Um, they, they got Will Barrett going um, and let him kind of out out A little snap, change of pace. He, he's got good speed. And pretty pretty for the fit. He's kind of the little quick shifty guy, and Budenbach's kind of the hammer. Yeah, and they Barrett seventeen carries for one hundred sixteen yards and a score. Um, and Budenbach got fifteen carries, so I think that's probably a little bit better um, balance right now for what for the way they've been playing and what they've been struggling to do. Um, I think it's good to spread defense out a little bit more and um, not necessarily put that much on Butenback. Um They had had nine touchdowns and a touchdown on offense each from. Uh, Jake Applegate and uh, Tatum Tuioti um, mixing gotta them find, on offense got, yeah, a little got, bit. Got to find ways to get both those guys the balls. Yeah. They need another dynamic playmaker via the pass. Yeah, one catch each, but both for touchdowns. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, and that, so that that East Southeast needed that win uh, in the biggest way. Uh, Papi, man, Papio just rough year for them. They just keep running into teams. I'm just, that, I'm just not sure who they are. Yeah. Right. It's uh, one week they look, you know, like. I wouldn't say world beaters, yeah. but look very comparable. And then others, they go through these stretches where they can't they can't score. Yeah. But it's primarily come down to the, their inability to stop the run, right? Yeah. I think when they get in trouble, Elkhorn South hit them for over 400 yards. Southeast got the ground game going. They had a really hard time stopping the run against uh, Omaha West Side. I think the ability to to stop the ground game has kind of been their undoing ultimately. Yeah, and 35-21 was the, the final there. Um, you mentioned Burke, just kind of uh, another another win, 35-8 over Papio South, that a team that had uh, been a little frisky at times this year, uh, even if they hadn't ripped off some big wins. Uh, but uh, Cooper Katsky, 246 yards for the air, three touchdowns, and Trey Starks, huge game. I really, I'm telling you, I, I, you know this because we've yeah. talked about him before. I think he's one of the better, and now Donovan add Donovan Moody, yeah, to that discussion. One, two of the better kept secrets in the Metro that keep continuing to make plays. Yeah, good to see uh, uh, Devin Jones back for Papio South, but um, 
Burke really bottled up the, the quarterback run game. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they weren't able to get that going and um, uh, just couldn't couldn't keep up, couldn't find the end zone. So, again, Burke now 5-1. and one. They've continued to, to roll since um, that loss to W. West in the season opener. And um, they're very firmly in that mix in the, the second half of that that top 10. Yeah, really good chance to get to 7-1, and one too, as they have Omaha South and Maybe a little bit of a tricky game at Lincoln Southwest because Lincoln Southwest is very capable, but a tough spot for Burke with the classic look ahead as they finish the season with Millard South. Uh, it will be very, very important for playoff seedings because this year, perhaps more than any other, boy, seedings are going to matter. And that's a, that's a young team that hasn't been here before, so we'll have to see kind of how they handle the success and handle kind of heading towards the postseason here, taking care of business, like you said, not looking ahead. Uh, the, the the one that we didn't touch on at all uh, is Gretna. That's I'm hoping to see them on Thursday uh, this week. Uh, Zane Flores. Yeah, it's just hammered, an, an outmanned, outgunned Scott team. Who, yeah. Their health, Scott's health. No, no Kane Becker, no Mac Holdem. Those yeah. are your two best playmakers on offense, so. Going to be tough to uh, to score some points, uh, especially keep up with a high-powered team like Gretna. There was a 49-14 final on that one. And uh, Flores, uh, 14 for 17 for 300 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, oh, kind of young. Yeah. Oh, well, he is something else. <laughs> so, hey, listen, we talked about this in B with one versus two and three versus four, right? Elkhorn and, and Bennington and Plattsmith and, and Waverly. What do you think, what are you looking forward to to in a is it is it Elkhorn South and Gretna and then everybody else I think so uh, just in terms of the matchups and kind of the ramifications um, Elkhorn South is looking to establish themselves firmly in that that top group that the, the top four um, whereas Gretna sitting there at six and zero, uh, one of just a few teams with an undefeated record hasn't necessarily played the toughest teams yet. Yeah. So now they get their chance to, to show that, hey, we belong here. We're, we're the team that should be up there at, at three or four, not necessarily the one down at five or six. So um, that that's the best one for sure. Uh, I think just in terms of what it means, looking around, there's not a ton more. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know that uh, um, Millward West, like you see, in the back end has, has enough to keep up with. Uh, Bellevue West is that uh, is that your team? Well, I tell you what, they're going to have to shore up that secondary in a hurry. Millard West has been really, really leaky on the back end, and they're going to get a prolific passing game here in just a couple of days. Yep, and no love lost between those two coaches either. And North Pat um, against Lincoln East is interesting, just from a stylistic standpoint. Yeah. Where you can, can they limit East possessions? That that's you got a team that's going to run it fifty times versus a team that's going to pass it every down. Um, kind of how does that turn out? Can uh, can North Platte stay in it? Uh, can they prevent? Because last week, that game, it was looking like it was going to be the first stop wins because they uh, Millard West after... That's uh, how Lincoln East is... They, East, kinda, that's kind of how they'll play it. He scored right away. Millard West marched right back down the field. Didn't look like uh, East could stop the run. And... Um, uh, Peterson, uh, Nathan Peterson, had a big game uh, at over 100 yards in the first half, and it looked like they weren't going to stop him. Then they, they toughened up in the red zone and stopped them at the seven-yard line on fourth down yeah. and went down and scored. Millard West getting off schedule ball game. offensively is – I mean, it, it, it obviously is, is – Young is quarterback team, still kind but of when you have a young, Yeah, when you have a young quarterback and the passing game is difficult, 
Miller West a much different team when they stay on schedule because, like you said, you just mentioned Peterson. He's so good at the running back spot. Um, small in size, but, man, is he a handful to bring down. Yep, shifty and does a great job of falling forward and fighting fight for extra yards. And so that that's, I, I think, the, the way that East is able to – can they defend that run? Can they use their offense to – get out ahead of them early um, where maybe you get one stop and then things kind of um, snowball like it did against Millard West. Um, so that's uh, that's definitely another one that I'll just be keeping an eye on score-wise. Um, won't be able to, to go out there on Friday night because we've got volleyball this week, but um, that, that's probably the other one that intrigues me most in, in Class A. It's going to be interesting, right, as we as we get ready to put a, a, a bow on this one. Wild card points will become very, very important. There's some huge games at the end of the season. There's a prep Lincoln East. There's Burke Millard South. Uh, you got Bellevue West and Columbus. Columbus is sitting at 5-1. and one. Yeah, I was going to mention them. That's... And I'm trying to figure out, okay, how close are they to the Columbus team that I watched play Bellevue West a year ago and give Bellevue West all they wanted? That's an interesting team kind of laying in the cut. I, I'm just... Boy, if you're like a, a 3 through a 12 in these seedings of the 1 through 16, it could get hectic for you in a hurry. Yeah, coming off a 35-31 win over Carney, Ernest Hausman, they continue to find ways to kind of the ball. keep involved on both sides of the, the ball. Um, so they're, they're definitely an intriguing team that is going to be able to make some noise down here in the stretch heading into the postseason. Yep, we'll, we'll bring it back to you next week. We just completed another one of Nebraska Preps post games. That's my main man, Jacob Padilla. I am ODB. We'll be back next week. Don't you dare miss it.